0: to think about stress reliever. Stress reliever. And, and we've talked about these things, but how is it that we can take the Word of God, Jamie, I, you didn't know anything about my sermon, but how we can take this Word of God and we can meditate, we can use it as a tool to relieve the stresses of our life. Do you realize that the Word of God can do that? That it can bring comfort? It can bring this, this feeling of solaceness in an in a untroubled, in a tossed world? The Word of God can do that. Philippians chapter 4. And let's stand to our feet in honor of God's Word. Philippians chapter 4, verses 8 and 9. Just just two verses tonight. Boy, they're packed full. Philippians chapter 4, verses 8 and 9 says, Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are a good report, if there are any if there are any good report, if there are any virtue, if there are anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. And the things which you've learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do, and the God of peace will be with you. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, for just a few moments, we pray, God, you'll open our hearts and our minds through the Holy Spirit to your Word. Thank you for this group of people that have come out tonight. I pray in Jesus' name that your word will go forth, and we'll find comfort in the preaching and the teaching of your word. In Christ's name we ask this. Amen. 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 I want us to think about this pause and back in 313, when he's talking about pressing forward. We talked about that Sunday that he's reaching forward, not looking back, and he's reaching forward to what? To Christ-likeness. And Christ's likeness is an understanding of what Christ did in His mind, the mindset of Christ. And the Word of God is where we can go in and dive in and find out what was it that, that Christ's mind was like. Well, we don't have to ask or, or wonder about those things. We can read His Word. He left this guide for us. And tonight, I want us to consider two principles when it's helping us when we're dealing with a stress relief in this world. First, I want to see is to meditate on the good God has for you. Verse 8. He says, finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue, if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Think and meditate upon the good God has for you. Now I want you to know something. I am not a self-help, positive thinking guy. That's just my, that garbage is just repackaged. Do you ever see that? And just every few years they repackage it and try to sell it to us. I want you to know we talked about there's over uh, it's it's twenty thirty thousand people commit suicide. There's over twenty-four million people that deal with uh, depression. 21,000 people 21 million people are hooked on drugs and alcohol. And I'm going to tell you, and they're saying, just think positively. Just think, you know, good. Just think good things. And we all know, here's the deal. Our psycho-bible and psychologists that we have, we have, now there's some good Christian counseling, don't get me wrong. 80, now there's 7% of the world's population lives in America. Over 80% of psychologists and psychiatrists are here in America. Now think about that. We have a problem and There's millions of people that go and get help. And, and there's nothing wrong with those things. But you better know what these people are teaching and what they believe. Because I'm going to tell you, all they do is repackage this whole self-help, self-positive thinking kind of thing. And it's not based upon the Word of God. Where does it get us? Where does it get us? So Paul says, meditate on the good God has for you. And I really believe they steal it out of God's Word and try to repackage it and give it and regurgitate it into human kind of thinking. That's my take on it. Verse 8 tells us to think and it gives these lists of quality. You know, we're all about being fit in America. Now, come on, if I ask you to raise your hand, those that work out, and you ladies, boy, you got to watch what I eat. we got to stay fit, right? Paul's talking about a fit mind here. How are you working out your mind? We're worried about the outside so many times and we're not thinking about the inside. And working, having a fit mind and working out our minds. And we should do this daily. And Paul's given us these principles of having a, a fit mind. In fact, he, he talks about already in, in, in Romans chapter 12 that we are not to be conformed to the image of this world. Right? But he said be, but be transformed by what? By the renewing of your mind. The idea of a fit, mind, a workout. And it says that we are to have the mind of Christ. If we're to have the mind of Christ, we better understand what that means. And Paul's helping us here in this idea of stress relief in our life when we get this. He lists off these qualities of fit mind. First, he says, truth, or be true. Whatever things are true. And we talked about this. Truth is our friend, by the way. Truth is not relative. We've already talked about the world saying that. Uh, oh, if you believe that, that's fine, and you have the you you got the right to believe that. I don't believe that. That's your truth. It's not my truth. That doesn't make sense. Me and Gary took logic, didn't we, Gary? Now, you can't have one truth and an untruth and both be right. Okay, that's not even logical. But the world wants to say, man, if you want to believe that for the truth, that's fine with you, and that's why we got this whole hodgepodge. Of what beliefs are? Oh, that's your belief, but that's not mine. What is it based upon? If it's not based upon the Word of God, then that's what we have. You know what we have? We have a Pandora's box. Is what we have that you can open it up and you can believe anything you want to. You, I'd be. It's surprising how many people rely on how they feel about things. How they feel? Well. The Spirit of God wasn't there. I just didn't feel Him. I didn't get any goose pimples. I said, man, you can pluck a chicken. He's got goose pimples all over him. Okay, that has nothing to do with it. Our feelings, it has to do based upon the truths of God's Word. What does the truth say? What does it tell us? You can find solace in that truth, that's a quality of your mind that you can take and work out and understand. You don't have to wonder where you stand or what God says. You get in here and you find out and you rest upon that. The promises of God's Word in your life. That's the truth that He's talking about. Whatever things are true. I, I love John And John 17 when Jesus is he's praying for His disciples and He said, Sanctify them through your true Father. Thy word is truth. You don't have to question what truth is. You have truth here. In the person of Jesus Christ and in the Word of God. Paul said, that's how we can have this idea of truth. This is how we can have a fit mind. You know, Satan is the father of lies. John 8 tells us that. He's the father of lies. So when we buy into those lies and we and let me tell you the world's full of them, by the way. But you should be a man of your word. What happened? And when we had to sign papers that thick to get anything anymore, it used to be you'd put your hand out. And your name and your word meant something. And people could rely on that. But now we don't live in that world, do we? we? In fact, we think that somebody's always trying to take advantage of us, don't we? Why is that? Because the world no longer bases its beliefs on the truth of God's word fact it bases it on them, what we're talking about the understanding of what the world thinks truth is and so we've got to get back to that as people in the church as a people of God they should be able that what you say your yes should be yes and your no should be no and they should people everybody in this community should be able to trust you the people at Red Bud believe what they say because when they say it they mean it and they don't vacillate they're not telling untruths they're not telling lies that's the truth that he gives us. But not only true, but look what he else he says, honorable, and it goes right along with that. Whatever things are noble, it's the word of of being honorable. It's a, the challenge for us to live with dignity. I'm going to tell you something. I live in a mountain culture, just like you do, and they're farmers and good people that work hard. They come home at night, and they work the dark. Sometimes they base their their goodness on how hard they work. Nothing wrong with hard work, but that ain't what you, that's what doesn't identify you. And I'm going to tell you something else. A lot of people's family name, I can go in and I can tell them, I said, you've got a good name in the community. Boy, that means everything to it. But some people are more concerned about their family name than they are the name of Christ. And that should never be so. You see, our first name and the first person that we represent is Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. That name supersedes all the others. And so when we are when we have the name and we name the name of Christ, we represent Him and that's what's most important. And He tells us here in His Word, this is what it looks like. And then no matter if it means you've taken a little mud on your face for one name, you represent that name. That's all that matters. Because one of these days when you stand before Him, He ain't going to say, is your last name Cooper? He's going to say, you know my son. You ain't gonna have to say it because the righteousness of Christ is the only reason of staying there, just for the standing there just for the record. That's the only reason we get in. That's noble. Things that are noble. These challenges to live with a, a dignity. The Greek word noble actually gives us the meaning of reverence. We should live a reverent life, reverent for the things of God. We should have respect. You know what I'm talking about. We say people just don't have no respect anymore for the house of God and the things of God. That should never be us. Never be us. People are to live an honorable life. We should never, we should rather die than bring shame to the name right. of Jesus Christ. Hmm. Not only true and honorable, but right. Whatever things are just. And speaking about being right. Speaking about living in harmony with God's standard. Listen, we are to think about what is the right thing. We are to think about how to do the right thing. We are to think about when to do the right thing. And we are to think about why we do the right thing. Now, Dave, you get back, are you taking this positive thinking? No, I'm not talking about positive, the, what the world feeds you and Oprah feeds you. This is how you get through. I'm talking about biblical thinking. Let's turn to Psalms 19, 7 through 9 just quickly, and I'll show you what I'm talking about. Psalms 19, 7 through 9. We're, not talk, we're talking about biblic thinking biblically. Not just positively, but biblically. Psalms 19 is talking about God's two books. First he said the book of creation, and now he's talking about the book of the law. And this one he says, The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise and simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing in the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. You see, Paul's listing all these things... That's talking about biblical thinking. We are to think biblically. Do you want to live without stress? Do you want to have stress reliever in your life? When things come upon you and you look at the world and say, how in the world are we going to make it? We go to the Word of God. That's why memorization is so important. So important to think biblically. And think about Galatians 5. We know 22 and 23. The fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. Gentleness, self-control. He's talking about thinking biblically. Thinking through the Spirit of God. Knowing the Word of God and putting it into practice. He's given us an instruction brook of right and wrong. We don't have to wonder what's right. What does the Word of God say? I'm going to tell you something. Has nothing to do how you feel about some situation either. It has to do with what <coughs> saith the word of God. Then you don't have to worry anymore where you stand. Paul saying being fit, now we're working out our mind. You see what he's doing? He's giving us these exercises for our mind. And the next thing he says is pure. Whatever things are pure, he says. You know we are to be set apart from sin. Paul's concerned about the early churches in the, in the area of sexuality. Well, we we live in that world today. We don't have any problem pointing our fingers at this group. That's like they say, oh, that doesn't line up with the Word of God. Anything outside the marriage covenant of God is wrong. If you want to point your finger at somebody, if you're living outside of the the marriage covenant and you're having sexual relationships, guess what? You're just as guilty as anybody else. Thus says the Word of God. That's not my opinion. That's what the Word of God says. And that's what we've got to get back to. Those oh, but we love each other. Thus says the Word of God. He says it's wrong. Anything outside of marriage. Paul's dealing with that purity. We live in a world where they said over 70% of the men in the church are looking at pornography. Boy, that hits a lot of rocks in here, don't it? If you're doing that, that does not line up with what a God-man is supposed to do. That's what the world does. That's what the world indulges in. It's just not something to smirk and laugh about. It's not something to compartmentalize your life and say, Oh, I'm at work and the guy's at work doing that. No, sir. You to live for God 24-7, 365. And when that comes up, we put it aside. Why? Because we're to be pure before the Lord. Pure before the Lord. And that's what God calls us to do. Sexual purity. It's God's standard. Anything outside His design is defilement. Anything. See, we don't have problem pointing fingers at certain things when we need to look at the whole picture of what the Word of God says in our life. This is having a fit mind. This is keeping the stresses off of our life. And then He says lovely. True, honorable, right, pure, lovely. Whatever things are lovely. This is speaking and taking hold of the things that are endearing to us and others. Be around good people. Be around people that are positive and will lift you up as far as the things of God in your life. You ever been, and we talked about being around those grouchy people that just want to pull you down all the time. Listen, we laugh about it. Don't be one of those either. It's easy to mill mouth and and get all down about things, right? But here's the deal. We think about, with a fit mind, it thinks about the things of God, and no longer is the glass half empty, it's half full all the time. Why? Because of the things of God that's in our life. It's talking about, the Greek word actually is talking about something that's beautiful and attractive. Being a beautiful and attractive person. And I'm not talking about on the outside all the time. We take a lot of time, boy, to make things look good. I'm looking pretty good, Look. What about the inside? I could be dirty as a pig. I could have done all kinds of garbage today and dishonored the Lord just like anybody else. And we can dress up and look as good as we can and put on our makeup and comb our hair and be dirty as a pig on the inside. (coughs) Paul's saying deal with these lovely things on the inside. Deal with people. Be a God woman. Be a God man. Draw close to Him. And then he says, lovely, and he says, admirable. We were talking about today, I couldn't help it. We were talking about people that we knew, and I just met uh, Justin. I like this brother. We knew knew some people, and it's amazing how God interacts. You you can't meet too many people that you don't have some connection. That's an amazing thing, ain't it? But we were talking about the people that we had run into at the seminary and worked with, and you know what we said? Good people. Good people. Why are they good people? of God, people. Be a God person. Be a good person. Lovely people. People that love God. Not perfect. People that love God. And they know when they see you coming what you stand for. You stand for the things of God. Admirable. Whatever things are of good report. Uh, It's connected with the thought. of literally means worth talking about. And Jesus said, "Out of the abundance of the heart, what happens? The mouth speaks." Now we're going to get on to you a little bit. There's no shop talk here, okay? You don't talk one way out in the field or at the restaurant or at the wherever you work, and then you come and on Sunday morning you never say that in God's house. You know what? That's called hypocrite, being a hypocrite. Out of the abundance of the heart, see, it's not a mouth problem. And if we're not careful, everything deteriorates to coarse joking because that's what our humor is today in America. Right? I mean, you turn it on TV and it's always something that's coarse joking. It's always leading down those paths. And we get a lot of... That's what our comedy is today. If we're not careful, that's what our life is. Does that represent Jesus? What's coming out of my mouth, does it represent Him? And that's what Paul's talking about, man. This idea of being admirable. What you speak, let it be the things of God. We don't talk when we don't compartmentalize our life. We don't act one way here and another way there. We're the same. Why? Because we have a mind of Christ wherever that we go. And I'm going to tell you something. It's going to be in those places out there that you're at when your testimony means the most and when you get the platform for sharing the gospel with people. And people are not drawn to somebody that's a foul mouth, that's talking just like they are. They're drawing to people that set a standard, and they say, "Man, there's something different about him. What's what's going on?" Let me tell you about my Lord. I can't tell you, and I'm more, uh, real and honest. I was a foul-mouthed person you've ever seen in your life. I ain't bragging on that. That's a devil. But when God changed me, my language changed too. And I, here's the deal: they come to me, tell me them jokes. You want know to tell me? This ain't no trash can. Don't put your trash here. I say, you know why? When you put your trash here, it comes out here. That's, right. That's true. You listen to trash, you listen to garbage, it comes out. What are you listening to? It comes out here. Paul said, man, I have this work, this mindset. Whatever things are a good report, worth talking about. Admirable. Noble. Talk about, concentrate on these things. These are those stress relievers. That we're having and working out our mind. But not only that, he finished up and he says, Excellent and praiseworthy. If there's any virtue, if there's anything praiseworthy, he says, Meditate on these things. We are to strive for a high standard. How do I meditate? Most of us, we don't med- How do we meditate? We think upon those things. You see, the battle, my battle is won and lost right here. In my mind. My dad didn't get saved till late in life. I got to leave him to the Lord. Praise God. I tell you what, when he got saved, James Cooper wasn't much of a man. Now, he'd give you shirt off the back. He was a good old boy. Don't get me wrong. He was a man of his word. All those good things had a good name. But he was lost as a cooler. Didn't know Jesus. When he came to know Christ, his whole life changed. And you know what? He witnessed that post right there If you let it. Because he couldn't go back. See, the sad thing about it is you can't go back and undo your life before. And he saw where he didn't raise his five youngins. He he wasn't the man he knew that he was supposed to be, so he tried to make it up for it this way. And here's the deal. He thought temptation was sin. He wanted to be so right with the Lord, he thought, man, to be tempted, a thought to come in your mind was sin. Let me tell you, that's a miserable person. Because the battle is here. The thoughts come in, but you know what Paul said? Taking every thought into captivity. I take that thing into captivity. How do I do that? By the Word of God. By the meditating on the Word of God. And when a thought comes in that ain't of Christ, and we know it ain't of God, we take that thing in control and we cast it back out again. That's where the battle and one of is in your mind. Paul said, man, meditate. Think about these, uh, these praiseworthy things. Think about the things of God. And when you're tempted, you can say, you know what? You take a hold of that and you throw that thing back out. Paul said, that's how we, that's how we, uh, that's how we work out our mind. That's how we strive for this high standard. And he's he summing up these qualities. Remember, he's saying meditate on these. Remember what I told you? 90% of the stuff that you worry about never happens. So you you, you you already see that battle. You're worried about this thing's what if and all the garbage that we let be in our mind and we can take a hold of that and you say, no, I'm not going to do that. Shake that thing like an old dog. You ever seen an old dog get a hold of something? Throw it out. It ain't of God. It ain't of the Lord. That's what Paul said. This is how we have a fit mind. This is how we keep our mind right and in the way of the Lord. We meditate on the things that, and the, you know when we do that, they become values in our life then. Becomes truth in our lives. Why? Because it's the Word of God that we're allowing to saturate. And we give God, and when we do that, we give God our very best of everything that we have. We give Him our best, that uh, best, uh, very best of our time, our efforts, our talents. We give Him our very best. Why? Because we realize He's saturated and He controls our mind. He's everything that we are. He's more than just salvation and that get out of hell free ticket. But He's our Savior and He's our Master and He's given us this example that we'll see in just a minute. And that standard to live by, He's given us hope and He's given us purpose. And we can overcome the stressfulness that the world lays on us because we have this Savior. And as Gary said, preaching the gospel to ourselves every day. I get on my knees and I say, Lord... I believe Jesus Christ came to this earth and He Try. was your Son. I believe, Lord, that He died on the cross, that He was buried, but on the third day He arose. And Lord, I believe because I've asked Him to forgive me of my sins, that He's my Savior, and that I have eternal life through Jesus Christ. I'm going to do, this to you, Dad. do something for you. Try. Do it every day. Try. Rehearse it every day. And you know what I said? Lord, if you give me the chance, just bring somebody in my path that I can give them that good story also, that I can share that with You pray that, He will. Exercise your mind this way. We need to have our minds in tip-top shape. Deliberately use our mind to focus on the good things, biblical things. Not only meditate on the good God has for us, verse 8, but follow the examples God has given us, verse 9. The things which you have learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do, and the God of peace will be with you. Christ is our greatest example. For all the examples that has been given to you, there's good people that you need to surround yourself. With. In fact, First Corinthians fifteen thirty three says, "Do not be deceived; evil company corrupts good habits." You know what the old saying? The old saying is, "You sleep with dogs, what?" Get up the fleas. That's what it is. That's what it's saying. You hang out with bad people, and guess what? You start acting badly. You here's, well, I can't believe how. Oh, I just, I just think he's such a good looking man, and all that. And you women think that you're gonna change him. You might change him for a little bit. He'll pretend like he's something he ain't. Mm-hmm. The Bible says, "Don't be." Un, it says, be, "Don't be unequally yoked," or vice versa. And we think that we can change somebody. That's not what the Word of God says. Is don't be the yoke. You don't go into it that way. And that's with your friends also. You don't think, well, I'll hang out. I really like hanging out with them. Or, you know, guess what? It says that bad company brings bad habits. Okay? That's what it says. That's what the Word of God says. So what do we do? We follow good examples. We surround ourselves by good people. People that love the Lord. People that love Jesus and exemplify Him. You know what? Paul said, you remember what he said, follow me as I follow Christ. And I asked you that Sunday, could you say that to somebody? Could you say follow me as I'm following Jesus? Something for us to think about because that's why he said, not only are we to follow that example, but we're to be that example. Paul, oh, you know, he's been their teacher and example. He's been living these qualities in front of them. His mind has been on these things. And he's been living them out before them. Don't forget, don't forget when he said it tonight. Where's he at? He's in prison, ain't he? He's in a prison cell not knowing what's going on and he's exhorting them. How is it that he could be in that prison cell and not have all these negative thoughts, all this stress? How is it? Because he's living what he's preaching. He understands that God's in control and he's giving it over to him. The way we relieve stress in our life is to embrace the things that Christ is passionate about. What is the thing that Christ is passionate about? People. People. Now, if we're careful, I ain't careful. We like the country. Why we like the country? Because there ain't a whole lot of people out here bothering us, right? When we go into town, it's like I gotta get back out in the country. <laughs> but you gotta be careful. I'm that way. I would rather be with others. I can get out the less houses I see, the happier I am. But you know what? People represent souls, and that's why Jesus came to this earth. He came to give His life for people. So we've got to be careful that we don't try to isolate ourselves from people. Why? Because people represent what Christ came for. We've got to have the mindset of Christ to reach people with the gospel. That's why we're here. That's why we're here. And that's what Paul has said. In the, in the midst of all these difficult times around him. Remember where he's at? He's thinking about reaching people for Christ. In fact, if you read Philippians, you know what he's doing? He's winning the prison guards to the Lord. That's, that's what he's doing. He's not thinking about, man, they're going to cut my head off. He's thinking, man, how can, I, how can I talk to this person about Jesus? He's even changed to them. Look, they're thinking, dear Lord, I've changed to Paul again today. And you know what I'm going to hear? about Jesus. He's winning. It says the whole Praetorian Guard is hearing about Christ. Why? Because Paul's changed on him every day. Trump. He's using every opportunity. That's one thing my, I can say. as my dad did when he realized he didn't have about three years to live. And the closer he got to dying, the more he witnessed. And we're to live every day like it's our last. And if it was your last day, and, and you knew, this is my last day. How would you live? Would you live any differently? Would you tell somebody more about this? Live every day like it's your last. Tell people about Christ. Point people to Christ. Be that good example that Paul's told us to be. Work our minds out. Focus on these things. Our hearts and minds will experience calm even in the midst of the most difficult circumstances when we follow these principles that He's given us. Listen to these applications and we're done. I want us to think about deliberately using our minds and focus on the good things that God has for us. The Word of God. Take time. Learn the Word of God. Learn those scriptures. Whatever your place or point where Satan works on you the most, find a scripture that brings you comfort there. When When he brings it here, you take a hold of it and you replace it with scripture. Constantly practice what you profess. Don't say one thing and live another. Honor God through your life. And lastly, follow the good examples you have been given. There's not people; just certain people in your life for no reason, but God brings good examples. He brings people into your life. Be that good example also for others. Look for those people that God's got in your life and follow them. And you know what people I'm talking about. The ones we see, these good people, why they love Jesus. Love Jesus. Love one another. Reach the world for Christ before he comes back or he takes us to go home. Experience the peace of God. I, I like what he says when he, when, he, when he finishes up there. When he says, uh, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, there in seven, will guard your hearts and mind, and then he ends up here. And the peace of God in verse 9, and the peace of God will be with you. So nor are we guarded by the peace of God, but the peace of God is with us. Do you see that twofold fold standard there that Paul's saying? The peace of God guards us, but also the peace of Christ is with us. How can we have peace in the midst of a turmoil of this world, this stressfulness? Because we know Jesus is in control. No matter we can't figure it out, we might not take a piece of paper and write it all down. We know he's in control. And we can trust in that. No matter what we're facing, we can trust in him. Let's pray. Father.